Lisboa, Bruxelas, Varsóvia. Europe is us with Dino. Europe is us, but who are we? Stay with us and you'll find out. Welcome to the 35th episode of Europe is Us, a podcast made for youth by youth. My name is Dino and I'll be your host once again. Today's topic, music. Today's guest, Sonia Agatabeschan from Croatia. She's a master of arts in musicology, but also a great performer and singer. Let's get to know you, Sonia. Sure. Um, so my name is Sonia Gatavishan and I'm a musician, but also an international lawyer. So as a musician, I'm a singer, pianist, uh, songwriter and flutist. <laughs> um, and uh, I also studied entertainment law at the Southwestern Law School in Los Angeles. So uh, I kind of also have a background in entertainment law as well. As a musician, I performed uh, in a range of capacities and, and places. Um, I worked as a singer pianist in a number of hotels uh, in Dubai, Doha, Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam on a cruise ship. Uh, and I also perform my original music at uh, various festivals across Europe, I would say. Wow, you really could choose a career. You have so many options. So why music? What does it bring into your life that's different from other fields? So I guess the passion or love for music came first. Uh, it was quite unexpected. I I just liked the boy who played the violin and I thought, okay, I could I could start learning music as well. <laughs> um, and I started playing the flute, um, but then I really fell in love with it. And I fell in love uh, with singing in particular, which I also didn't anticipate because uh, so in the third grade of music school, choir became an obligatory subject and I just had to sing. So that was kind of the first encounter with singing. But again, as I started doing it, I really fell in love with it. And I, so the main objective with that was really to discover my own voice. I was fascinated by the fact that unlike a violin or a piano, which may sound kind of similar regardless of who it's played by, like, of course, there will be some differences, but voice was such a unique instrument. And I was really curious to to discover like what would I sound like if if I could do it well, so uh, that's how the the journey began. And then later on, becoming a songwriter was one of the rare opportunities uh, to to actually get on stage in general, because um, I felt like in Croatia, <laughs> which uh, you you might be aware of, uh, considering where you're coming from. I think that the region and mentality is similar. So um, it it's really um, reliant on connections. So even to perform somewhere, you kind of either had to know someone or kind of be famous already and so on. So for me to be a songwriter, it's, it kind of gave me this original advantage of um, getting getting these five minutes of someone's attention and being considered for a performance somewhere. So that's also how I improved my piano playing skills. And it was all with this uh, motivation to perform and to, again, see how how interaction with the audience could work. So, um, yeah, further discovering and sharing my voice with the others. And... Uh, the connection with law, well, um, I focus on human rights in my studies, and I think that 
um i i see the connection with with music because um i think that being kind of an emotional person myself uh i'm impacted by by various things i see so for example if there's some injustice i might be emotional and write a song about it but at the same time with law and human rights law or international law uh it it was a tool that would allow me to do something about the things that i was noticing as an artist so i thought that that connection seemed uh, quite coherent if you listen to a podcast of ours you know that we like to jump around so that's what we're going to do right now we're going to travel to belgium from croatia very quickly to hear from matteo a young dj who performs mostly in brussels he's going to share his thoughts on the obstacles he's facing. Je dirais c'est c'est un peu les mêmes obstacles pardon que que tous tous les jeunes artistes c'est que the obstacles, I'd say, are more or less the same for all young artists. There are so many people starting out in music that we're really drowning in an ocean of musical releases, and it's very difficult to stand out from the crowd. My strengths, I'd say, are that I'm well-surrounded, determined, and also that I already have some skills because of my training, which allow me to get a certain quality of sound without needing to go through professionals d'obtenir euh, une certaine qualité de son sans avoir besoin de passer par euh, par des professionnels. I've often heard from lots of musicians that nowadays music is listened to with eyes. Would you say that's true because appearance means a lot nowadays uh, with the impact of social media on the field of music or do you have to be funny today to reach a wider audience? I mean, that's a good question. Um, well, if I consider the way that I scroll through social media myself, I wouldn't say it's about the looks. It's really about the message that is contained within a video. It can be funny. It can be something that uh, is meaningful in another way. Uh, but I would say it's it's about the message. And what would you say about the environment for young musicians nowadays? We are all facing the impact of digital transformation, the field of music likewise. Mm -hmm. So I think there are some uh, advantages and disadvantages to, to the digital era and stage. So one big advantage is, of course, access to the audience and uh, being able to promote yourself. And... Uh, having this independence. So in the past, musicians had to rely on a record label to do something like that. And in this case, they can do it independently. They can independently share their music, reach new audiences, uh, present what they do, invite people to concerts. It's really something that um, in the past didn't exist, or at least not in this way. Um, it's also, like for me personally, uh, this digital era maybe maybe not so much tiktok but just internet in general it really gave me an access to opportunities um which is also something that i think was not as prominent before because uh for example for me i i took part in more workshops and music gatherings than i can count it was all over europe and in the end actually all over the world 
And most of these opportunities, if not even all of them, I discovered them online. So it's this amazing tool. But then that said, it also comes with some, I think, disadvantages that we also haven't seen before. So, for example, with so much content available online, because nowadays, nowadays anyone can post anything, anyone can potentially be a musician. So there's a massive content with that our attention span has also shortened. So like if you're presented 20 videos in like one minute, then I think that uh, an artist needs to, number one, either be lucky or create something that is really so special, so unique. A lot of the times it's something crazy, <laughs> not necessarily something beautiful that that captures someone's attention in, in this massive content. Um, there's also a bigger competition and you're not just competing against uh, world-class musicians. You're really competing also against some potentially silly content, but that is entertaining. And that is also something that people need. Um, and lastly, I think that another, or in, in my view, the last disadvantage that I can think of in the digital system is uh, lack of uh, fair compensation system for artists so for example spotify pays between 0.003 to 0.005 us dollars per stream this means that um, a person's music would need to be played or a song would need to be streamed one million times for someone to earn four thousand dollars that said the four thousand dollars are probably if the person has some deal in place with a record label, the $4,000 are split with other entities involved in this deal. So you don't even get the $4,000. Also, keeping in mind that most of the times we spend a lot of money to record a song. So it can range between hundreds, two thousands, depending on, on who was involved in the making of the song. So it's... Um, at this stage, as much as I love Spotify myself, because it's, again, this unique, amazing tool that allows us to access any song we can think of that is on the platform within seconds. Again, something that hasn't been seen before, but at the same time, the system as it is right now is not really fair towards musicians, towards creators of this music. It's time for traveling once again, this time from Croatia to Portugal. Let's take a listen to Roberto Caetano, the lead singer and guitarist of the band called First Breath After Coma. We're going to hear what he has to say about the importance of being present on digital platforms as a band nowadays. Nossa, nossa ideologia tentamos sempre uh, ter uh, fãs que orgânicos, ou seja, não não costumamos trabalhar muito as redes, um, ou seja, quem nos coloca Our ideology is always to have organic fans. We only use social media a little, but we know those who like and follow us do so on their own free will. It also depends on whether the artist knows how to work in favor of the algorithms, and we could be a better example of someone who knows how to do that. We use social media as a means of promoting events and not so much as a means of surviving in the music industry through social media. 
uh, e muitas vezes usamos as redes sociais como um suporte de, de promoção dos eventos uh, e não tanto como um meio de sobrevivência na indústria através das redes sociais. And back to you, Sonia. You were a part of a huge festival in Croatia, the festival of Split, with your own song. What can we expect from you in the future? Um, well, I think that is yet to be determined, <laughs> but uh, I, I still continue to write uh, with with um, this song um, that I performed at the Split Festival. I had the great pleasure of collaborating with uh, a producer whose whose work I really appreciated, and I think that that's part of the success of that song. It's also something that, as an artist, um, as a songwriter, I think I didn't realize earlier, but it's so important to find the right collaborators. Um, it, yeah, it, earlier, um, again, I think that, but but this is something where where the digital also helped me, because uh, in the past I was I felt like I just had to collaborate with someone in my circle. That that's the way it worked, and maybe you didn't even love a certain producer or a certain collaborator but they were just there so that's how you worked and created a song eventually and uh, with internet uh, so this was a digital collaboration where i just uh, sent my song the chords the music uh, and the lyrics to um, a producer in spain uh, santi and uh, he came back with a produced song and uh, I, i mean i kind of chose him on the basis of his earlier work um it's it's someone that i i don't think i would find in, or let me put it differently there are some great producers in croatia but maybe i also don't have like an easy access to them myself and in this case i thought there was no compromise i really loved this producer's work So being able to collaborate with him, despite the fact that he was in Spain and I was in another corner of the world, that was an amazing experience. And I hope to work with him again or have other successful digital collaborations. So I think that that's, that's the route I'll be taking, like more songwriting and then uh, more hopefully good collaborations. And as always, we'll get to know Sonia a bit more personally as well. Sonia, the next three questions are very short but they tend to be the toughest. What would you say is your favorite memory? Okay, well, well there's one memory that I think uh, it came back to, to my life, and it is related to music. So when I was about, uh, I think, eight years old, um, and I had my flute exam, and uh, so the high, highest grades in Croatia are four and five, and... I got a five for uh, my exam, even though I was not so happy with how I played and uh, I was very emotional about it and I didn't think it went well, but I got a five. And afterwards, uh, my flute teacher approached me and she said, uh, well, the committee that was listening and grading the exam, uh, we decided to give you a five. Um, I pushed a bit towards that direction because you were really between a four and a five, but you're the type of person that I thought should be rewarded for something even if they maybe didn't 100% deserve it and then you will work harder to really earn what you've been given and i thought that was really true in my life sometimes when i got something that you know i really thought wow this is like too, too amazing what did i do kind of to deserve it and i really tried to justify whatever i was given so 
even if I thought I didn't 100% earn it in a very traditional sense, I really tried to justify it at least in the next step. What is your worst fear? My biggest fear? I'm quite afraid of heights, but that's a very boring answer. And what is your biggest wish? My biggest wish? Oh, man. Yeah, these are the toughest questions. You described them well. My biggest wish, world peace. Thank you very much, Sonia. And thank you all for your attention. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and listen to what we have to say, because Europe is us. Lisboa, Brussels, Varsava, 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 Vars